0: Welcome to the latest Pink Podcast in the Pink Elephant podcast series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to An Introduction to COVID, part two of four with IT management consultant Harpreet Verdi. Risk management. So, you know, COVID um, in its own right is a, um, it's an IT control and a risk management framework. But I'm also going to cover how it is, can also be very actively used by um, managers. Risk management is about asking uh, the organization, what are the sorts of risks that your organization is vulnerable to in terms of IT? What are the potential threats and vulnerabilities associated with that particular risk? What's the appetite for the risk? And once you've identified those risks, what are you going to do about it? You know, there's a number of options you can decide to entirely um, you know, mitigate that risk by installing controls like and firewalls and, and other elements around security, et cetera. So I won't go into the nth amount of detail, but that is another focus area for, uh, for IT governance. Resource management is probably one of the ones I am the most pan- passionate about when it comes to COBIT, because COBIT has identified people. It's identified you as a resource, as a critical resource to make sure that IT succeeds. This is, this is pretty phenomenal, because what it's saying is that resources, yep, we have technology, we have applications, we have the underlying infrastructure, we have information to provide to the business, etc., but actually, people are critical. You have skills, you bring a lot to the table, so we actually need to manage training plans, we need to manage skill assessments, we need to look at and skill training gaps as part of the COBIT framework as part of an overall governance environment for IT. And that that's a, a pretty unique statement to be made for a, a framework which is about control, risk, and management guidelines. Is actually specifically uh, carrying on and having processes to ensure that the people management um, of IT is managed as part of a governance framework. Performance management. We're going to touch on um, something which is, I think, very exciting in terms of COVID. And that is a concept of actually aligning what are the business goals for IT to the IT goals for IT and then your process specific goals and be able to link them. So if, you know, you are to stand up and you're implementing instant management or change management or configuration management, whatever process you're implementing, in your organisation, and somebody says, "How does this support a business goal?" You can say, "Well, it supports the IT goal of B, and therefore, you know, um, supports the business goal of A." And you can actually make that mapping. And there's a matrix mapping which exists in Cobit as a table to support you to do that. This is powerful stuff, and I'm going to give you examples of that as we go through. So, you know. In the sort of words of uh, Disney, one of my favorite cartoons as a child was the Roadrunner. And you'd have the, sort of the wild coyote running after this Roadrunner, which was beeping all over the place. But you'd have moments where the Roadrunner would be up on this huge mountain, and he'd look down, and his eyes would just protrude out and then back into his head. It's a high-level overview, and I'm not going to be covering anything in any depth of detail. It's a taster for you to go in and actually um, you know, review the COBIT framework and, uh, and see whether it fits for you. So the fourth edition of COBIT has um, a mission. And its mission has some key terms that I really want to emphasize. Business focus. It is a business-focused process model. It includes a set of controls, which are managed um, via those 34 processes. It's an integrator. It's an umbrella framework. And if there's one key benefit, if there's one real takeaway that... I'd like you to take away from this session, it is this concept that COBIT is this umbrella framework. When it comes to, for example, projects like ITIL, or if your organization maybe in the more operations space is ITIL, maybe in the application development space, maybe you have CMM or CMMI running, maybe you have other sort of frameworks, a big question has been, how do I link this all to a more kind of strategic perspective? Because I've got ITIL in that space, I've got PMO using Prince2 in project management and PMBOK in that space. I've got Applications Development using their own software development lifecycle in that space. How do I link this all up and how do I glue it? And how do I have this overall strategic picture for IT which encompasses all of these different pillars? That's what COBIT can support you to do because it is an IT-wide governance framework. It's, it's It's a powerful scoping statement for what IT does. Cobit has been also actually used as I'm sure a lot of you are aware um, for Sarbanes Oxley so I won't go into this one into too much detail but you know auditors consultants yourselves for example um, have gone in and used this model which is which is cobit like to help you to actually support um, uh, attestation against uh, S404 so that was just a c- sort of high contextual picture of what is IT governance, um, and at a very high level, what is the actual mission statement of COBIT. So we're now going to touch on, um, well, what is COBIT, how has it actually evolved, some of the benefits, and who should potentially use it. So what is COBIT? COBIT stands for Control Objectives for IT and Related Technology. It could have been called COBERT, but it wasn't. It's called COBIT. So it's control objectives for IT and related technology. That's the actual um, term of what it stands for. It was recognized as good. It's now being recognized really industry-wide as um, de facto best practices for overall IT governance and control. It's a consensus, and in terms of who can use it, it can be as equally used by auditor's and consultants and senior management, as it can be equally used by IT managers and business managers. And I'm going to explain how it can be used by these different stakeholder groups in a minute. It's public domain, which is why it is so powerful. You can download the PDF for free. Um, you just have to care about the rainforest while you're doing it, but you can download it for free. It evolves, um, all best practices evolve. You know, it's subject to. Um, what is happening in the industry right now, and what you might be noticing is ISO version three is coming out. Um, ISO twenty thousand as a standard to support ISO as a best practice is coming out. A lot of these best practices are continually being evolved, and COBIT is no different. And one of the key drivers, which is um, sort of maximising that that evolution, is this a lot more focus around business. And COBIT is is no distinction. The version four has a lot more focus around business-to-IT alignment. What COBIT does, it focuses more on the control element, so it looks more at the what versus the how. You're looking at conceptual uh, theories that COBIT is presenting to you as best practices. How you decide to implement COBIT, and in all cases I would recommend a phased approach, is entirely dependent upon what your organization and where your organization is right now. That needs to be managed in a phased way. It's an integrator, it's flexible, and it's supported by a suite of products from ITGI, which I'm going to run through as well. So in terms of this sort of uh, integration concept, let's just assume, and this is not a, a functional representation of how your IT shop might look, but let's just assume you have a number of pillars that make up your IT operations. So you have you know, um, a pillar which is around service management, you might have some focus on IT planning, you might have some kind of you know, quality management area, project management, or project management office for example, application development, you might just have some kind of areas of expertise in and around your organization which might be grouped in sort of logical functional silos which support these different pillars. Let's just have a look at what is out there to support your different pillars. There's a lot, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I think a key one that a lot of you will probably recognize is that in the service management space, you have ITIL as a best practice framework. You have um, ISO 20000 as the international standard if you want to certify that you have um, met certain requirements that relate back to the best practice. Under project management, you have PMI, Prince2, Six Sigma, etc., etc., etc. And I probably am sounding a bit more like uh, Donald Duck at the moment with all these terminologies. But the point is, there is a lot out there. So um, a key effort was made when it came to the COBIT Fourth Edition to actually use it and integrate the terminology which is being used in COBIT with these other areas, particularly ITIL. So the ITIL terminology aligns with COBIT. And uh, PRINCE2 terminology also aligns with COBIT. So there was this understanding that, you know, COBIT is this umbrella, what should you do, high-level control checklist that you can use against multiple processes. But to actually hone in to the detail of what is instant management, what is configuration management, you'd probably want to look under ISIL to help you do that. So the level of detail is different in terms of positioning the two. But what was understood was that if you do ITIL, for example, and you also want to consider doing COBIT, and now suddenly you have this whole terminology conflict, that's, you know, that's a, a challenge then to implement. So there has been a kind of concerted effort to actually align the terminology used in COBIT with um, specifically elements around um, ITIL and uh, and PRINCE2. So some of the benefits, and hopefully this is going to come across um, strongly by the end of the session, is that it's all about alignment between IT and the business at a strategic level with a business focus. And I'm going to touch on how COVID does that. An understandable view of IT from a management perspective. I used to work in in the um, business environment, in the more sort of Six Sigma and quality management domain before I got into IT about Um, 10 years ago. And one of the questions that was often asked from me when it came to business sponsors and process owners was, well, what does IT do? You've been listening to part two of An Introduction to COVID. Please join us next week as we present you with part three thank you for joining us for today's Pink Podcast. Go to www.pinkelephant.com to find out more about our products, including Atlas, our knowledge database with hundreds of example documents and templates for your IT management best practice projects.